Welcome to a special inauguration episode of Madam's Hose and Gigolos. I'm Heather, and I'm here with my friend, Connor. Today we're going to discuss the porn actress who took on the president, Stormy Daniels. But there's a lot more to her than just a scandal. I'm so excited about this episode. This should be a good one. I'm so excited. We have uh, a lot of ideas for episodes that are about all kinds of different people uh, throughout history. But every now and then we'll want to do a special episode to... uh, coincide with something happening in current events. And this is uh, one of them. We are inaugurating a president. Yeah. Wow. Momentous occasion. Mm -hmm. So for this episode, I read the book Full Disclosure by Stormy Daniels. Okay. And what made you want to read that book? Um, I was interested in the scandal surrounding our, our former president. Ooh, yeah. And I wanted to learn more about the sex worker who took on the president. Yeah, in more ways than one. Very. Many women took him on more ways than one, but she was the one that was the most successful. Yeah, okay. Uh, There's going to be some trigger warnings for this episode. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be talking about sexual assault. We'll talk about domestic violence. And some people, I think, might need a trigger warning for Trump. I know I need a trigger warning for Trump because he reminds me a lot of my father. No kidding. Yeah. I feel like my family has this Trump dynamic in our family. And so... When I would watch Trump on TV and his mannerisms and how he would speak was triggering to me because it reminds me a lot of my father and even the children like Ivanka and Eric and Don Jr. reminded me of myself and my brothers. That's so strange because I see Trump and his family and it's like that is such a weird dynamic. His wife seems to want nothing to do with him. His kids are portrayed as like a Beavis and Butthead that are like constantly trying to fighting for his like approval and then uh his daughters are like he looks at them very weird and they have like a weird he, place he in the seems family to sexualize ivanka a lot tiffany, yeah tiffany he hasn't he there were a couple articles that he when she was younger where he would make comments and references to her body part and hoping that she would take after her mother marla mm-hmm. but from what i'm hearing from other podcasts, like Michael Cohen's podcast, Mikopola, he said that he didn't really have a relationship with Tiffany until she was older and came from California to New York for school. Strange. Okay, so the way that Trump sexualizes Ivanka and talks about, like, I know what you're talking about when he says, you know, she's got her mother's, you know, uh, eyes, but we don't know if she's got, you know, this yet. Um that's not what you're talking about when you mention similarities no, to no, your no, father, no, no, right? No, okay. In fact, if we were going to break down my family dynamic with my brothers, I would identify as the Don Jr. How so? Oh, I, I just called him the dumbass of the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I would wear that crown. I would definitely would wear, wear the dumbass crown. So it's okay. I'm not offended. I'm, I don't I'm think pretty so. open. But, well, you're nice. Um, I think because like, I, I see Don trying so hard to get his dad's approval, but his dad's never going to give his approval. And I had that for many, many years, trying to make my dad proud. And my dad is just stern. He has the mannerisms of Trump. Like, in fact, if you even have a conversation with my dad and he's not interested, he will make that puckering face Wow! while you're speaking. My little brother has the Ivanka dynamic where he can do no wrong. And my older brother is Eric, who's just there. <laughs> okay. Now, um, can I mention your, your personal Instagram handle? Yes. Daddy's Disappointment. 
I'm just living my truth, Connor. I'm I'm thinking that uh, I'm realizing now that there might be some daddy issues. There are total daddy issues, and that Instagram handle was taken. Okay, makes makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So you know, so here's our episode on Stormy Daniels and my daddy issues. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's get into it. All right. So Stormy Daniels. She was born March seventeenth. 1979, Stephanie Ann in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But for the sake of continuity, we're going to call her Stormy. She never mentions her maiden name in the book, but Clifford is a surname from her first marriage to Pat Mine. Okay, so Stormy Daniels, turns out, is our age. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have thought that because when you realize many years ago, Trump had an affair with a porn star. Some of the people that he has purportedly had relationships with are like in their 50s and 60s now. And he, his uh, response to that is like, oh no, look at her. Like I could do better than that. Right. But, he, he definitely judges women on their looks. And, and that is what is important to him, not versus what they bring to the table, but how they look. And if, if it's a woman who doesn't support him, he, the first thing he does with toxic masculinity, attack her looks. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So this is someone who's our age and during the, her relationship with the president was very, very young. We'll get into that in, in right. a moment. Right. So she's the only child of Sheila and Gregory. Sheila was a homemaker and Stormy described her mother as a beautiful Juliana Moore type with freckles and a jealous redheaded temper. What does that mean, a redhead temper? I mean, I've heard stories about redheads being hot-headed and as a redhead myself, I like to say that mm, I'm pretty pretty mellow i don't think i've thrown something at somebody for quite a few years okay maybe i've just found my zen spot but i don't believe i feed into that redhead stereotype we'll see I, i'll still refrain from pissing you off <laughs> I, can help it. I see you're a smart man too <laughs> so her father bill was six foot four olive skin with some cherokee he was an architectural engineer and his job required the family to move around a lot dang that must have made it hard for her to make friends. When Stormy was four, her father took a job in Alaska. Her mother and Stormy moved back to Baton Rouge next door to her grandparents. Wow, okay. Later that year, her grandmother from her mother's side, Mama Red, passed away. And her father came back from Alaska to attend the funeral and also to tell his wife he's leaving her for another woman. He'd had this whole relationship in Alaska. With another woman. And came back down with the other woman and said, I'm leaving you. For this person right here that's yes. helping me pack yes. up. Wow. Hey, sorry for your loss. Leaving you for my mistress. Ouch. So her father left. Mother caught up in understandable grief. She has no job history. Never even had a job. Now she has to find a job. Right. So she works as a waitress. Got a second job at a trucking company. She's never cleaned their house. Kind of just neglected the living conditions. Rats and roaches moved in and took over the house. Dang, single mom, two jobs, no time for, for her own home. I mean, as a single mom who has worked two jobs, I, my house isn't tidy, but I don't have roaches or rats occupying my house. Yeah. So when Stormy was eight, her mom would just leave her for days at a time to fend for herself. She would just have to ration saltine crackers out just to try and survive. Which is which is tough when you're a kid. I imagine that you're almost have the the brain of a 
of a of a pet, right? Like when you when you give a dog food, they just eat the whole thing. They don't think about how long when this is, is going to last. When they're going to eat, yeah. Especially since mom was so inconsistent on how many times she would, how many days she would be gone, or when she would come home. Yeah, she just never knew. Okay, so she had to fend for herself. Right. Very young. Right. So at nine, she befriends a girl in the neighborhood that's a year younger than her. She goes to play with the friend's house, and then sometimes she would go, and the mother would be like, oh, she's next door at the neighbor's house. Well, the next-door neighbor was a grown 40-year-old man. Stormy, being nine, recognized how odd that was. But it is weird, and this girl's mom would allow that. She would just say, oh, yeah, uh, my daughter's next door with this older man. Yep. So she noticed this friend would would always have to go to the back room to talk to this man because she stormy go to the house. I want to watch a movie with you guys and kind of inner put herself in that situation. And she knew something wasn't going on, but it was, she writes in her book, is it a way to protect this girl? Okay. And so in an attempt to get the girl into the back room, stormy says, I want to go back there. And that's where he sexually assaults and rapes stormy as a nine year old girl, as a nine year old girl. So eventually another child comes forward about the the molestation allegations. And so the police show up at Stormy's doorstep wanting to talk to her. And Stormy denies everything because she knew that if she said that this was happening, the cops would want to interview her inside the house and she would see the living conditions of how the house was and then take her away from her mother because it was rat infested and just gross and obvious signs of neglect. So she put herself in harm's way to protect her friend and then lied to the police to protect her mom. Yes. Yes. She does state in this book, too, that I also thought was a great point. She just said she didn't get into porn acting because of her sexual assault because the girl who was also the victim never got into acting. And that's just a whole big mis... mis what is it? Miscommunication? Mis- yeah, like I, misconception. I, I, I wouldn't say that um, being sexually assaulted or molested makes you get into porn, but I, I would probably say that a lot of people that have gotten into the industry have had a history of a trauma. Yeah, yeah. She says that it didn't make her get into it, and that other people are survivors of it and have not gotten into this business. And I also think that that's a, a good point. Because there is that misconception going around. Mm -hmm. Some people do choose to do this because it is a lucrative business. So her mother remarried a guy named Sidney Kelly. And Stormy was told to call him Mr. Kelly, even when they were married, which is weird. But uh, this guy is really strict and he's setting rules. I could never imagine being comfortable in a house where I have to call my own stepdad by his last name. Yeah. And and, uh, this guy was a really kind of a control freak and a jerk. She describes him in her book as a falling down drunk, right? Not just like a guy who drank on occasion after work, but like he would be tripping over himself. Um, Stormy, as a kid, loved to ride horses. And one day her stepdad, Mr. Kelly, just received his Christmas bonus and promised to take Stormy shopping to go buy gifts. He shows up drunk and she refused to leave with him. Right, so he's angry and he gives her 500 bucks in shopping money and just left her at the stables. While she's at the stables, waiting to go home, she negotiated her first horse purchase, a mangy, thin horse covered in fungus coming from a thoroughbred bloodline. She managed to convince her mother the next day that Mr. Kelly bought it for her, and he doesn't argue because he figured he was just too drunk and he doesn't remember doing any of this, right? 
So uh, when Stormy was 17, Mr. Kelly and her mother got in a fight, and that was just the end all for Stormy, right? Mr. Kelly pulled out a shotgun, and her bedroom shared a wall with her mother's bedroom where the fight was happening. He shot it, and the buckshot tore a hole through the closet, through the wall, through her clothes, and she, if she was standing in the way, she would have been uh, destroyed. So Stormy left home. She got a small apartment with her then-boyfriend, and it was at this time that she had a chance encounter one night at a strip club named Cinnamon, where she did a guest set by chance earning $85 for two songs and a job offer. So at 17 years old, underage, Stormy Daniels became a dancer. Wow. So as a child, she's able to negotiate a price on a horse, mm -hmm. which she loves horses, and somehow convinces her mother that her drunk stepdad did buy it for her. And then, you know, trauma happens with this toxic marriage her mother's in, and then she becomes a dancer. And you actually have like gunshots in the house. Yeah, it, you know, this seems like something from a uh, very fictionalized movie. You know, the young girl standing up to everyone, matures right. very quickly, um, has to deal with police, domestic violence, alcoholism, sexual assault. And this is all before she's 17. Yeah. Negotiating like business deals. She's She got this entrepreneurial I mean, spirit. even a horse is a big responsibility. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't even mention that, but not just buying the horse, but... Maintaining. Well, she caring worked for at the, the, horse the for stables. Eight years. Okay. So in order for... When she worked at the stables, they would just... That way she was working off the 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 care yeah, by working there. So that was technically her first job and then dancing was her second. Okay. So at the age of 17, she starts dancing in a women's club and the women really took her in as the mother figured she didn't have. They taught her how to pluck her eyebrows. They even taught her how to use a tampon. Stormy attended high school by day, getting straight A's and dancing at night. Then after a violent incident at C Cinnamon's, Stormy left. A paint Patron got too handsy, and the bouncer didn't intervene to protect her, so she went to go dance at the Gold Club. Okay, hopefully they had better security there that actually looks after their women. It sounds like she had better opportunity at the Gold Club. Okay. So she linked up with featured dancers who gave her connections, throwing Stormies into magazine spreads like Hustler Busty Beauties and D-Cup. That's a tongue, tongue twister. Hustler Busty Beauties. Yeah, D-Cup's a little bit easier. Yeah. She gets connected with an agent by September, and at 19 and a half, Stormy becomes a features dancer and starts traveling in a Dodge Durango packed with a 12-foot trailer full of costumes. What a fun uh, life she's made for herself. Right, so now 19. she gets to travel, do, does the feature dancing. While feature dancing at the Cheetah Club in Pampano Beach, Florida, the Bampantera walked in. She likes the Bampantera. Of course. They're celebrating a band member's birthday. Stormy does a dance for them. They end up liking her. She goes on tour with the band for two weeks. Just living wild and free. Right? At 19, living your best go. life. Yeah. Right? And just imagine having the freedom like, yeah, I'll go on tour with you guys. In her book, she describes dinners at fancy restaurants with the wild, wild band members. Of course. Okay. She reached her peak as a dancer, though. Magazine spreads were coming. The only way she could get a higher pay scale is if she posed in Playboy or did adult films. So off to L.A. she went to accompany a friend who was trying to get into the porn industry. Yeah, I wonder how hard it is to get into the porn industry if you have to be well-connected or just willing to do stuff or just really naturally beautiful. 
I feel like we're going to figure out how she got into the porn industry and she didn't get, she took an unconventional route to get into the industry. She did. But I do know of people who had to work a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do different things. So her first role was a clothed extra in a Wicked production and she caught the eye of Brad Armstrong. And he was a director with Wicked. So Wicked is a, a porn production company, right? They're like Vivid Entertainment or some companies that they just churn out this kind of content. And so she meets Brad Armstrong and he promised her that he'd help her meet the owner of Wicked. And if Wicked wasn't interested, he'd find someone else who would be interested. But he knew the business well and he knew that he could help her navigate her way through it. She wasn't sure about it, right? I mean, she traveled all the way to LA and uh, she was ready to go home. She was at LAX boarding a plane to come back home to Baton Rouge and she walked out, called Brad, he sent a cab for her and he guided her career along the way and um, you know, helped her get into the industry. So also while she's here in LA, she gets into a relationship with Brad and she leaves Baton Rouge and that whole life behind. Brad did have connections to Wicked and so Stormy uh, credits him for being kind of her golden ticket and helping her get into it. She never had to do scenes without a condom, which is pretty incredible because I feel like you don't see it very, very much at all. I, I remember that there was a um, legislation that was passed in California that there must be condoms when filming. Yeah. And I think that kind of killed the porn industry in California because Chatsworth right here in the San Fernando Valley was like a porn hub for a very long time. And I, I to be honest, I think that kind of uh, killed some of it. Uh, people were arguing against that legislation because uh, we should be protected by our First Amendment rights, which means if we want to tell a story without a condom, then that's that's our right. That's our freedom of, of expression. Well, even the porn industry is so heavily regulated with, with the way they do their testing and how it it's done like I believe they have to test every week. If they're active, they're not allowed to have sex with other people without condoms. And if they do, they can't. At least from a friend of mine who used to do porn, it was, she was saying like, if you have sex without a condom with somebody, you cannot film for three months. Really? From her point of view. When we would discuss her. Okay. She was she was pretty high, yeah, high I in there in the, the porn I think that this was before that regulation that says that condoms are mandatory. This was part of her negotiation to saying, I'm not going to do any uh, penetrative uh, sex scenes without a condom. And she only did top shelf projects and she was typically the lead, right? She did a lot of solo scenes, just herself or girl on girl. Um, and she left it as part of the negotiations with Wicked that she would get her first uh, girl boy scene if they gave her a contract. Right. But her first girl boy scene would be with Brad, her boyfriend. Right. Okay. So somebody who she was comfortable with. And um, little side note, um, I did a little uh, side research and um, every scene of her that's on Pornhub now has a condom. And that's like, I, I feel like that's really rare to find on there. Look at you, Connor, going the the extra mile and Googling what Stormy Daniels on Pornhub. I didn't even think of that. I wanted to see if this was true. And I was like, you know what? There's no way that all of her scenes have a condom. No way. That's just not what what porn looks like. But uh, yeah, I mean, I only 
checked out a few clips for for a moment and scrolled through, and I'm like, yep, there it is. Move on. But uh, starting out uh, in the industry, she was nominated for Performer of the Year with uh, Adult Video News, or uh, AKA uh, AVN. It's a big uh, award show in the porn industry that's in uh, Vegas every every January. So that's a pretty big deal. Her her boyfriend, by the way, um, Brad, uh, was also had won uh, several awards, including uh, Best Director. Ooh. Yeah, that's a industry. Uh, that was a little Connor tidbit that I didn't even know. Yeah, um, she then uh, started to write and direct her own films, uh, including her first movie, One Night in Vegas. Uh, from there, she ended up doing mainstream films. Um, she actually got kind of close with Judd Apatow, appeared in three of his films, and she auditioned for a scene in The Forty Year Old Virgin. I think they wanted her to do uh, a porn scene, so that. Um, the, the main character, I think his name was uh, Andy, uh, could watch when he's like experimenting with uh, masturbation. And she, instead of doing this new scene for them, convinced them to license a film that she had already been in um, called Space Nuts, which is a parody of Spaceballs, which is a parody of Star Wars. It just has a little um, sexy twist to it. And um, didn't look like a great movie. We, we watched a little bit of it earlier. We did, we did. But... Um, yeah, that they they licensed part of that film to be uh, in Forty Year Old Virgin. Uh, she auditioned for the movie. She got a call back. Uh, the scene changes to a porn scene, so she takes the opportunity to negotiate uh, uh, licensing the film. Um, so so everybody wins. And the the, the other scenes that she did with the uh, Judd Apatow uh, movies was um, uh, whenever he thought that. Uh, the lead actress maybe wouldn't be comfortable in a sex doing like actual uh, nudity. He called uh, Stormy because he knew that she'd be down. So imagine going into a movie and then negotiating and saying, hey, instead of this scene, let me just give you the license. Now, look at, we knew that movie was in there. We looked it up. Yeah, She's getting the recognition that way. And he didn't have to pay the price to get to get other people to come in to do this scene. It, so it it was a win-win. Yeah. Uh, very business savvy, 20, 26, 27-year-old Stormy Daniels. Right. I mean, I would I would definitely watch that porn because I know it's campy. Like watching it watching it with you. <laughs> I it was it's like, okay, this would be like entertainment value, like let just a campy porn just to have a fun, silly night. But you know, now I know it, it exists. And maybe I'll just look at look for space nuts one night. <laughs> eh, I, I don't know about the campy stuff. It looks like they're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So here we are, twenty-seven-year-old Stormy. She meets Donald Trump. I feel like we need to have some kind of dramatic music here, but we don't have it. So just pretend you're listening to it. Okay. Now, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> how does she meet Donald Trump? So on July 13th in 2006, she goes to a charity event in Lake Tahoe. It's a golfing event. And Donald Trump was the participant. Also at this tournament was her frenemy, Jessica Drake. She was a friend turned foe for sleeping with her boyfriend, Brad. Yes, golden ticket Brad. Mm -hmm. And now they're enemies. So here's Stormy at a charity event with her frenemy who slept with her boyfriend going around from holes to holes to holes with her frenemy 
Okay. And holes, uh, the holes, the holes you're talking about the golf course? Okay. I, 18 of them. 18 holes. Okay. Uh, Wicked had sponsored a hole. And so they did, would. Did not know that they did that. Yeah. Point yeah. Studios. They sponsored a hole at this charity event. And then so celebrities who were playing would come to this hole and they would be like, do you need water? Can I give you a ride to your next hole? And basically fun on the celebrities. Okay. And then the celebrities would go to the celebrity suite where they would get gifts. And okay. So that was her job. She wasn't golfing. No, also. no, no. She was a representing the company. Sure. Okay. So I mentioned Jessica because she later accuses Trump of sexual misconduct that weekend. He, okay. Yeah, she had accused Trump of grabbing her, kissing her, and offering her $10,000 for sex at that event. In 2006, okay. Mm -hmm. So Trump was busy that weekend. Stormy, Jessica, he also had a mistress waiting off in the wings of, of this uh, Lake Tahoe event. Right, that was Karen McDougal. Karen McDougal. She would eventually go off to sell a story about their affair. They apparently had a year-long year affair. National Enquirer bought it. And then, turns out, National Enquirer is friends with Trump. So they never ran the story. They basically just silenced her. Yeah, they bought it just to, to, so they own the exclusive rights to it. And then they'll bury it. And it'll never see the light of day. So that's, that's exactly what happened to his mistress, Karen. So just think about it. Jessica his mistress, and Stormy, all in one weekend. Dang. All at the same event. All at the same event, yeah. He's been busy, you're right. He was busy, yeah. So Trump is taken by Stormy, and he asks her to dinner. He didn't ogle after her, but he was definitely impressed with her, her mind, she said in the book, that he, how smart she was. He had an ugly divorce with his wife for cheating on her with Marla Maples and not the greatest reputation of being polite with ladies. So she wasn't expecting this to be sexual because he wasn't so aggressive with her. So she agreed. When she got to the Harris, she was directed to go to his penthouse, which to her was an odd considering the celebrity status. It was common for celebrities to have a personal chef in their room, which reminds me how I am not a celebrity. Because I went out with a commercial actor and we would only go to Chili's and dive bars. <laughs> okay, well, you got to meet bigger actors. Right. I mean, if we can find Leonardo DiCaprio anywhere, of course, I'm probably too old for him. Yeah, he's, he's our age, but yeah, I, I'm sure he's his target age, would be... He's but he likes them young. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normal same men. Mm -hmm. So she goes to his room where the history is made and she arrives at the penthouse and Trump is wearing black silk pajamas and slippers. Uh, can't be mad at that. I would be annoyed. Why? The, just the the implying of, you know, we're supposed to go to dinner. Okay, my, maybe there's a chef here, but you're still wearing your pajamas? So you're just it's thinking, a little too casual. Just thinking, yeah, like, okay, um, I guess we're not going it, out. Right, especially if it was supposed to be a business thing, which she was under the impression it was. He's in pajamas? Yeah. Now, she was there on behalf of a porn studio to kind of schmooze influential people. What was her actual job at that point? Was that she was off the clock? She was just hanging out with him? Or was that supposed to she be? She was off the clock, yeah. yeah okay. She was off the clock hanging out. He asked for dinner. So if Donald Trump back then, before everything we knew about him now, 
had said, hey, Connor, you want to go to dinner? Would you go? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, if I'm just thinking, uh, you know, famous business person wants to hang what, out. Yeah, what can not? I learn? Yeah. Right. I mean, I would, would have even gone to that with to dinner with that Donald Trump. Right, sure. And and uh Stormy being kind of business savvy and kind of cl- climbing the uh the the ropes and trying to get her different businesses off the ground. Right. Why not? Sure. We can't fault her for wanting to go to dinner with Donald Trump. Right. But so we don't think that she went there to sleep with him. No. And she even specifies she had no intentions on sleeping with him and she gets into the details of she didn't think she would sleep with him because she's allergic to latex and didn't have a condom with her because she uses a special brand, which obviously sex did happen. And she's been vocal on the fact that they didn't wear a condom. Oof. Okay. Wow. Now th- this, it's hard to imagine, you know, like right now we know like kind of gross 75 year old Trump. This was like 60 year old Trump. Right. With 26 year old Stormy, 27? 27-year-old Stormy. Yeah, I kind of forget what 60-year-old Trump looks like, but I don't... It wasn't much better. It wasn't? I don't think so. Okay, I, I didn't try to pay much attention to Trump ever. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think I watched one season of The, Supre- uh, what? the Apprentice. Uh, Apprentice. And I think it was the first season with Bill. Yeah, okay. See this face right here? This is the exact face, and my dad has these eyebrows. My dad makes this face when you're sitting at ta- at a table. What a smug look. Oh, oh, it's so condescending. Are you close with your dad now? No, we don't. We haven't had a relationship in over a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Dad, if you're listening to this, thanks for finally listening to me. Oof, that one hurts. Don't forget to follow me on Daddy Disappointment. <laughs> So, okay, okay, okay. So she goes into the hotel room and she sees that Trump is there in his black silk pajamas. Do you think he's monogrammed? Do you think it's monogrammed? Yeah, I do. Do you think it's gold monogrammed? What color do you think the monogram is? Yes, I do. I think you've got him down. Gold monogrammed silk pajamas. Okay. Yeah. So she demands to put, for him to put on clothes. So could you imagine walking in, excuse me, put on clothes, and he's taken aback by this. I think there was some kind of dynamic alpha dynamic that they're both fighting like who's going to come out on top here so she claims the alpha role and tells them that he needs to drop his pants and she spanks him with a magazine with his face on the cover and trump obliged and dropped him i am so shocked right now she thinks that in an effort to show him who's boss, she's going to tell him, drop your pants, and I'm going to take control of the situation. Like she's using sex to kind of be the one who's going to teach him who's boss. Yeah. All right, well. Rolls up a magazine with his face on it and spanks him with it. How did she, you know, I'm guessing she didn't show up with a magazine with his face on it. That must have been the no, magazine it was one of the bragging points. Room. Yeah, it was one of the bragging points because apparently Trump likes to talk about himself. And say. that was one of the things he he had said, like, oh, this is a pre-release of my, it, I believe it was Forbes. Uh-huh. And this is a pre-release of my magazine. I'm on the cover. Look at this. And so she took it and rolled it up. But Trump says those words that no woman wants to hear after 
they've just spanked you. What's that? I like you. You remind me of my daughter. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of gross. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be thinking of children, my children, after I've just been spanked in possibly a sexual manner. I feel like he took it sexually. Like, I think he has this whole, he likes to be dominated thing. And I find that in my personal history when I date cops or even an FBI agent, they love being told no. And it, and it's so weird for me when it's just like, I don't want to be this person to you. I don't want to be this dominating person, but somehow they thrive on it. And I don't know if it, if it's something with, with them within or is this the magazine? Supposedly, but uh, I'm saying uh, possibly not. I mean, look and at that it, hair for DJT Jr. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the 2006 issue of uh, Forbes 400 Richest People in America. So this would have possibly been the one. It looks like it. And I mean, I remember D Donald Trump Jr. was on The Apprentice. And he had, I remember that hair. Yeah, well, uh, an article I'm reading uh, right now in Forbes, by the way, says that uh, the story has some holes in it because this magazine didn't hit newsstands until July 2006. And, um, or I'm sorry, the, the incident happened in uh, July 2006 and this issue didn't come out until a few months later. But she had said in the book that it was a, a pre-release copy. Like, so they sent yeah. him a copy of it, so... I mean, I know magazines are all produced a yeah. few months ahead, kind of like how we do our podcast where we do a bunch and then we produce them a few months ahead. Yeah, the the cover picture might be, but the rest of the content in the magazine, some of it might be pretty uh, current. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, reportedly, this is, the, this is the one. And yeah, it's got not just him. It's got him and Ivanka and uh, Don Jr. on the cover. Yeah. Where's Eric? Um, Just kind of there. Isn't that kind of the joke that Eric's always the one who, yeah. uh, the forgotten one? AKA my older brother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so they have conversation and then Trump says, offers her The Apprentice. He says, you should be on The Apprentice. I have a wild card pick. I think you would be perfect. Which... I think he's right. Stormy would be per perfect. She would have been good for that, sure. I mean, if she's negotiating a horse when she's a child. Yeah. Negotiating a movie and her licensings, you know. I mean, I think she would be good. And, and to only do it. like top shelf type porn with condoms and sh and she gets to choose the style. I, I feel like that's um, most adult film stars don't have that kind of uh, a pull. Right. Or, or even ask, really. Right. I mean, Stormy... Reading this book, I definitely would want her to be the Louise to my Thelma. Like, okay. she's just big, badass, you know. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. So after about three hours, Stormy goes and uses the restroom, and she writes about his toiletry bag. What do you think he uses as toiletries? Uh, I would imagine just really fancy, expensive stuff. Um uh, brute cologne and uh... oh see I my dad always had Pierre Cardin and oh. so I always I don't even know if it's a cologne anymore 
But he, I remember him having this bottle of Pierre Cardin and how it smelled so rich to me as a child. So I would imagine Trump always wearing Pierre Cardin. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I don't even know if that's a fancy name because I don't shop at fancy stores. I'll shop at Ross. And I know that there are like Pierre Cardin, you know, ties and stuff. And I always look at them and say like, what well, is the fancy stuff? But is that like a Ross exclusive or is it actually sold? At I like- think at once upon a time it was fancy and now it's just downgraded because now I see it like not even locked up at a drugstore. So I could go to Walgreens and I'll see a bottle of it just sitting right there okay. when it used to be at Macy's locked away. Okay. So, I mean, then again, that was how many I was, I was a child versus me now as an adult. So it was a long time ago. Right. But that's what we assume that Trump would have. I, I would assume. But she writes Pert Plus and Old Spice. Pert Plus? Is that the dandruff shampoo? It, it was a two-in-one shampoo. My dad oh. used it too. And I feel like Pert Plus and Old Spice is like the staple for obese men. It just... it. <laughs> Why do you throw your dad in there? You... <laughs> just laughing and daddy issues. Okay. <laughs> so as she exited the bathroom, there he was, sitting there, waiting on the bed in a v-neck boxers and socks well hold on a second trump isn't a boxers guy he was specifically in his tidy whities sorry that was me projecting i she writes that they are in the briefs and here i am creating this visual so i can stomach it and briefs are in my head but she does state boxers no briefs briefs i think what you're what you're thinking of is um it's common knowledge that uh Trump skips his briefs every day. (laughs) So, Connor. Yeah. If you were sitting in your briefs and a V-neck shirt and your socks trying to bang a porn star, what color socks do you think they would be? Now, I got to say that for most of my life, I was a tidy whities guy. I wore, you know, white crew neck, uh, crew neck, crew, like, you know, tall socks and everything. And that's just how I've been my whole life. But up until recently, you know, now I'm more of a boxer briefs guy. And the socks that I wear are almost all black. And I would hope that Trump had black socks. Do you know the answer? I don't. And I'm hoping that maybe one day we will be able to talk to Stormy and ask that question. Of all the questions we can ask Stormy Daniels, we want to know what color were Trump's socks. What color socks? are Trump's socks? Look, she's on Cameo right now for $250. And if I had the $250, I would send her a request for Cameo and to ask her, what color were the socks? Ever the entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> so she sees him in all his glory sitting on the bed and says to herself, oh, fuck. Here we go. Okay. I've said that to myself. Stormy, I can relate. So we're at the meat and bones of this episode. The meat, meat and bones. Nice. I'll just I'll save the descriptive gross task details because we can use our imaginations or we can read her book, pages 128 to 130. About his penis? About his penis. Are there three pages of penis descriptors in there? It's penis descriptors. It's how he was performing sexually. Uh-huh. She describes I, his testicles. Okay, we've seen a lot of Trump artwork in the last four years. Statues, big fat guy, tiny dick. I wonder how... 
accurate those are. She, she to his credit, says, okay, so it's not porn big, but it's not really small. Okay, well, he's a It's tall just dude. a little below average. Okay. So, I mean, I think that's fair. She does say that she can pick it out of a lineup. It's so distinctive, and that's why he knows it's a distinctive penis. That's why she got a payout, because she he knows she could po- prove it. I have never heard of the police detectives using a penis lineup. Whose penis is this? Yeah. <laughs> she mentions he needs to shave his balls and that it was hairier than the rest of him. Is that normal? Do guys shave their balls? Yeah. Oh. I mean. That's cool. I mean, I think it's kind of a hit or miss, whatever you get. It depends where where they are, where they land age-wise, you know. But at uh, 60-ish, right? Right. I would imagine that that the grooming. Time for a trim. Right. Okay. It was missionary. Only missionary. Nothing wrong with that. He's a terrible kisser. I don't know. I wouldn't want to fucking be looking in Trump's eyes. Like if I had, if I had this, this maybe just throw me over. I don't want to have to look at you. Okay. (laughs) It only lasted two or three minutes. And she says it was the least impressive sex she's ever had. Which is saying a lot. Right. But Trump has a history of writing in, in tabloids, like when he was having his divorce with Marla Maples, mm-hmm. he would leak stories to the press from Marla's point of view saying, it's the best sex I ever had. And he heck? would constantly talk about in articles about how he's he's great in bed and this and all these other things. But so he has this this history of I'm this great lover yeah, sure. as he's leaking his own stories to the press. And she's coming out saying, eh, I wasn't too impressed. Okay. Now, for somebody who has had a lot of sex professionally, um, she might be comparing him against people that are also professionals, maybe? I don't think so, because I feel like when you're having porn sex, it's completely different. Like, you have to get the right angles. It's not like they're having sex. They're acting. They're acting like they're enjoying it. And then between takes, when they have to change something or change the scenery or change an angle, you know, you're kind of just laying there. It's not a constant, steady flow of just arousal. It's just, this is my job. Here's my Cetaphil for the cum shot. Here's the lube to make me, to keep me wet and keep the glide. So I feel like her comparing her porn acting to her Trump acting are two different things. Okay, fair enough. So when it was done, he rolled off of her and uttered those words. We're so good together, honey bunch. And he asked to see her again. Honey bunch. Honey bunch. That that would be his pet name for her. Honey bunch. Cute. Okay. They continued to talk occasionally when he was in town. She went to see him at his office in Trump Towers. He invited her to a lunch party for Trump vodka and even introduced her to Don Jr. and his wife his mistress, Karen, at the event as well. Okay, and they had already seen each other at this... Stormy had no idea Karen was there until after the fact, when the the scandal erupted. Yeah, what a guy. Introduce, like he brings all of his girlfriends around the same party. Yeah, here's my son and my son's pregnant wife because she was pregnant with their first child at the Uh time. Like, 
he gives her tickets to go see the the Miss USA pageant uh-huh. in the Beverly Hills Hotel. That she went to go see him in a bungalow. They discuss clo- his close friendship with Hillary Clinton and how much he hates sharks. Which I don't know which one shocked me more that he and Hillary Clinton had a friendship because I didn't follow up on it. That apparently he attended Chelsea's wedding and oh yeah, they were very close. They, they were on magazine covers together. They were at parties together. I, he and and the Clintons have always been. Friends, uh, so it, it was weird seeing them fight it out over in 2016 because you're like, wait a minute, you guys know each other really well, you're friends, and honestly, like they're both super super rich, and I kind of felt like they're they're just you know two sides of the same kind of mm-hmm. coin, you know. That came as a surprise to me, but I never really followed Trump up until he he was going to be running for president is when I started paying attention to him. Other than that, he just kind of seemed like a little fly that was always surrounding my face and I wasn't paying much attention. And uh-huh. now this fly is a bee. Yeah. Now, why uh, did he mention that he hates sharks? I don't know why he'd hate sharks. He just mentions he hates sharks and will never donate to a charity that supports them. Sharks, like the actual sharks in the water. He's not yeah. talking about like Shark Tank. Those yeah. other actual billionaires. Yeah, no, like... shark, sharks, like the the shark that's in the water. Hmm. And he was what he would be watching Shark Week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he always called her from blocked numbers and made promises about The Apprentice. Right, that's the carrot that he dangled. Right, right. No sex was involved with these counters, and as fate would have it, it would only be that one time. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna breathe a sigh of relief. Nice. Yeah. Trump eventually said that she couldn't get on The Apprentice and he couldn't make it happen for her. And then after that, they didn't talk much. She moved on with her life and she eventually met a man named Glenn who was a drummer for the band Hollywood Undead. Okay, let me back up uh, just a second. Two things. One, he did The Apprentice for many years and he had a wild card that he could bring in every single season. Why couldn't he get her on the show? I don't think he was trying. Yeah, He had used the excuse that um, somebody on the show didn't want to work with a porn star. Um, I, I want to say it was Roma who was on Touched by an Angel. Mm-hmm. Like she was married to the producer. But Jenna Tito Ortiz was on this season and Jenna Jamison came on. Okay, so so much for that. Right. And so excuse. when that episode aired, he started calling her and she was like, I didn't watch it. I'm I'm fine. It's okay. And so that's where their story kind of ended and she just moved on with her life. Like he was selling her this idea, which seemed like a great idea and then fell flat on it. Yeah. So it seems like kind of like he was using her, like he was talking about The Apprentice and saying, I'm going to get you on the show. Like he was using that as a carrot to to get into a, like a relationship with her, like an ongoing thing. But she also may have been using him because the moment that she couldn't get on the show, she kind of cut ties with him. Right. I mean, I, I don't fault her for that either because if, if somebody was, oh, I could do this, I can help utilize you, like you've, you've got to do where, what you can do right, where yeah. you can to get ahead. I mean, this is this is the business and this is how the business has been groomed up until this point where we're trying to dismantle it, where people are now being seen for who they are versus who they've slept with. Right. So and, if he's going to call her and say, hey, so... I can't get you on the show. Uh, as far as business goes, you're not going to get anything from me, honey bunch, but you want to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be interested, especially if it was two or three minutes of, 
un, undesirable sex. Yeah. Okay. Just not worth it. Okay. So she meets this guy, Glenn, uh, the drummer for a band, Hollywood Undead. And here's where things get kind of crazy when Stormy gets into politics. Now, why would she get into politics? What's her uh, interest in it at all? Well, Stormy didn't really have an interest in it. There was just a website circulating, draftstormy.com, and it was an attempt to recruit Stormy to run against Republican Senator David Vetter of Louisiana. Okay, so David Vetter uh, was a Republican, um, anti-choice, anti-gay, one of these uh, family values candidates who was caught up on the list of a D.C. madam, Deborah Jean Palfrey. And there were unconfirmed rumors circulated from Larry Flint from uh, Hustler Magazine that Vitter had a diaper fetish. Now, we're not going to fetish shame here, but uh, I guess that's that's worth noting. David Vitter was a uh, Republican, and Stormy Daniels at the time was a Democrat. Um, she thought that uh, the Democrat Party kind of aligned with some of her um, pro-choice, pro-LGBT um, values. Uh, she was at first kind of pissed off about that website, this uh, draftstormy.com, but she figured that she could uh, use the process to highlight topics such as Planned Parenthood and sex education that she also supported. Now, her campaign slogan when she did run for office was Stormy Daniels, screwing people honestly, That's which is really slogan. kind of funny, yeah, because she's, I mean, she already, people knew who she was, that she was a uh, strip club dancer, she um, she was a porn star, and um, although for uh, politicians, screwing people still has a negative connotation, but uh, a very funny slogan either way. She did listening tours, she did uh, national interviews, and she shocked people with her knowledge and honesty of the matters. Like she was actually pretty intelligent, which you, you wouldn't expect to see from, I think you'd expect kind of a, a porn star to be a little ditzy and not really know stuff. Right, not taking it seriously. yeah. And, and she actually wanted to take, you know, when she decided to jump in, she didn't want it to be like a mockery. She wanted to, to play it seriously, right? So one night in July, her campaign manager's card had blown up with a Molotov cocktail while he was out walking his dog. So things are getting scary. Things are getting uh, personal. After this explosion of her campaign manager's car, Stormy goes home to uh, where she lived in Florida with her, her husband. They were broken up but they haven't officially finalized their divorce yet, and they get into a domestic dispute. I mean, things got really weird. She did not like his dad washing her laundry, including her, her underwear. Um, it, it is a little weird. I can understand that. Right. Uh, and money missing out of uh, her accounts, their, their joint accounts. You know, why is this guy siphoning money out? They get into this big fight. The cops show up, um, and they're going to arrest somebody, right? Well, Stormy gets arrested. The arrest report states, I observed the victim to have no physical injuries, marks, or scratches. So it wasn't like a violent encounter. Just loud. His demeanor was calm, and uh, she was considered in the report, quote, angry and crying. So, which happens, you know, in a lot of fights. It's not necessarily illegal, but uh, with domestic disputes, somebody has to get arrested, and she was the more emotional one. So they take her in, and the news media has a field day with her mugshot. She's already a well-established uh, adult actress. And uh, yeah, so it makes its way into the news. Uh, as she is leaving 
uh, her ex-husband officially, uh, she's pursuing things with Glenn, the guy from the, from the band. And uh, while he's on tour, she took her chance and went to see him in Europe. And uh, now that she's totally free of her ex-husband, she was able to like, pursue this as a, as a relationship. As their relationship grew, they moved in together in Las Vegas. And uh, so did uh, Stormy and her maternal instincts. She says in her book that she was never one who was interested in having kids, but when she met Glenn and got into a relationship with him, suddenly things start to change. I get that. So, I, I can get that. I get that. Yeah. I, I know that uh, some some people you talk to, uh, I, I have friends that say, I'm never going to have kids. I don't want kids. And then you meet the right person and you say, I want to raise a family okay. with yeah. you. Yeah. No, I totally can 100 relate to that that mindset of, okay, I think I could do this. Yeah. So they discussed having children. Um, and she told uh, Glenn that the only way she would have kids with him is if she got to do porn. He got to do porn. And, sh- and, and if he did it too, right? Now, why would she care so much if he's also doing porn? He, he, she convinced him and told him, okay, if you're going to, if you want to have a, a kid, then you need to do porn because I have friends who have gone through divorces and they have negotiated with them themselves custody agreements and then go to court and then the judge just throws out what they worked out between themselves amicably because the wife did porn and she didn't want her job to be used against her so she told glenn all right you've got to do some porn movies before i do this because if we split up i don't want you holding porn against me right and even if he's not the one doing that uh, a judge would see that he would see well this guy um works as a uh, you know sales director for this company. Mom's a porn star. Obviously, the kids are going to live with dad. Mom's got an right. unhealthy lifestyle. So Even though they her friends had agreed on an agreement, the judge threw it out thinking the porn star wasn't going to be the stable one. Right. So she convinces uh, Glenn to do porn also just so if they have kids, if they divorce, if they have a custody battle, they're both porn stars. Right. Even playing field. Yeah. I mean, she she did a lot more. I don't know if he made that his full-time gig or he just did a couple to make her happy. He did a few, and then I think he did a few afterwards. I've only, I Googled him. Okay, so you've I done did. your own research on I this. Did my, I, did, I did my research on Glenn. And you didn't think to look up Stormy Daniels. And I didn't think, <laughs> shows where our minds are at. Glenn is a very handsome man, and from what I saw, he played the Joker, Heath Ledger version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. In a porn movie, but that was about it. The Stroker. The Stroker. <laughs> Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, he did a few movies, but yeah, I don't think he's made a career out of it. Yeah. Like, interesting. Okay. Now, the when she convinced me to do it, was he doing uh, scenes with her, or he was off with other women? No, he was off with other women, and she was directing. Okay. So she was still in control there. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, she she uh, very savvy. Yeah, and uh, and soon enough, she gives birth to their daughter. Uh, now, the birth of their daughter triggered some unresolved childhood trauma from Glenn. Uh, Stormy describes him as having manic episodes. Meanwhile, she's still recovering and dealing with all the emotions that come with postpartum. In March of 2011, the affair of Stormy and Trump had leaked on thedirty.com. Uh, her friend Gina suggested that her attorney could take it down. 
her attorney was Keith Davidson. So this is Gina's attorney. Yes, Gina said it's my attorney, Keith Davidson, can take it down. Yeah, so she's recommending my guy is the best. You totally want to hire Keith Davidson. Um, by the way, whenever we hear Gina's name, we know that something bad is about to happen. Right. And, uh, and in this case, the bad thing is Keith, Keith Davidson. Davidson. Right. So uh, Gina is a uh, celebrity manager, um, manages D-list celebrities, and uh, she was most recently seen in uh, Mama June uh, from Not to Hot. Right. This is this is where you're at. You are negotiating deals for Stormy Daniels about an affair with with potentially the president. He's not president yet. His nomination hasn't been announced. Mm -hmm. Candidate Trump. This is where you're starting. And I she also had a career with um, Tiger Woods mistresses and leaking that like Rachel Yucatel. She worked with Rachel. So she had that career there. Now we're here to Mama June from Not to Hot, and some people who have watched that can sh- can attest to what a shit show that show is now. So Gina, all I can say is you brought this on yourself, girl. Yeah, well, the good news is Keith Davidson comes in like a hero. The article was taken down instantly, like within hours, and as far as Stormy sees, crisis averted. We're done with this. We don't have to deal with it again. She can focus on her her husband, her daughter. Um, her husband's mental health is declining. She knows that he's going to need professional help, uh, which means that she's going to have to get back to work. Right? So she just doesn't want to have to deal with this Trump fiasco anymore. Uh, In Touch Weekly, another uh, magazine um, called, and they had the story. Uh, they wanted her to know that they're going to print the story. Right? So at this point, she has two options. She can either... Let In Touch run their version. Just, we have the story, we're going to run it. Or she can talk to them, give them information, tell her version of the story, and at the same time, get paid for uh, for the story. I should also add, Gina negotiated this phone call. Suspicious, but okay. So Stormy agrees to talk. Uh, in, in Touch did what every gossip magazine would do. Uh, they gave her a polygraph test, right? Have right. Her, Let her... me strap you to a polygraph machine and tell and tell me how you fuck the president. Yeah. Well, and he wasn't the president yet. Well, she she told the story. You know, she told the story. She's attached to the this lie detector test, and she passed. Mm-hmm. So that gives a little bit of credibility to her story. I would say so. Uh, although polygraph tests are kind of BS anyway, but I've uh, never taken like, one, so I don't know. <laughs> I haven't either, but I've I've. I've watched uh, YouTube videos on how to cheat a polygraph test. Okay, the woman accepted 130k to admit she slept with the president. I, w- I it would have to be a higher number for me. <laughs> she lowballed herself on that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. admit that for 130k. Oh, you say that. It's different when you see a briefcase full of money. But uh, Glenn's behavior was getting more erratic. Uh, he was talking about suicide, and he once attempted to even jump out of a moving vehicle while driving. Uh, he didn't know about the story with her and Trump, and she didn't want to tell him because, you know, that's what good can that bring to a guy who's already unstable about, you know, his 
wife practically right. and, and his, and his unresolved, daughter. The unresolved child childhood trauma he had that is now being triggered by being a father. So, okay, her husband is mental health is declining and she's trying to take care of that. That is her priority. And then there's all this Trump buzz that she's trying to protect him from because she knows. And she's also going through the postpartum issues herself. But she doesn't even mention what she's struggling with internally because she's so busy trying to fix and and be there for her husband and protect her husband and her family and trying to swat away this whole Trump Trump stuff that's popping up that I'm going to blame Gina for. And yeah, that's, that is her plate right now. Yeah. She has a baby. So, so now uh, rumors are going around amongst the tabloids uh, about this affair with a porn star and Donald Trump and, uh, and Donald Trump must have heard about the articles coming up because one day when she was uh, getting to a mommy fit workout class, this guy approaches her and she's getting her and her daughter out of the car. And what does he say? He says, what a beautiful little girl you have there. It would be a shame if something were to happen to her mother. And still looking at her, he says, forget the story, leave Trump alone. And that's it. He leaves. And that doesn't seem like a real thing. That seems like a cartoon mobster, like you'd see it on The Simpsons. You know, definitely like a, a mobster kind of, kind of Sopranos. Yeah, leave her alone. Leave him alone. To like l- literally say it would be a shame if something were to happen. Right. Like not so much a threat, but you know, like I'm just a stranger, hypothetically saying. And by the way, here's an actual thing. Forget the Trump story. Leave him. Leave it alone. That's nuts. But. She had already shared her story with uh, touch had it, but they didn't release it. They didn't. They they paid her for the story. They Mm -hmm. did the interview. They did the lie detector test. They were ready to publish it, and then they didn't. The story disappeared. They ghosted her. Gina disappeared, Um, and and Gina was the one who uh, was pressuring Stormy into talking to the magazine in the first place. I actually don't think she got the money because the the story was never released. I don't think she got paid for it. I think they they had set it up, but because they never released the story, I don't think they paid her. Well, that's kind of messed up too. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me strap you to a polygraph machine, grill you about the sex you want to forget, and then not pay you because we've decided we're going to go another direction. Yeah. So the story is not coming out anyway. She's not going to push it out any further. Uh, Stormy lets it go. Her husband's emotional state is just getting... Uh, worse and worse, and she just realized it's it's not worth putting my family in this situation. I'm I'm just going to kind of drop it off, right? Uh, things are, are starting to get a little bit better eventually. Family moves to Texas. Glenn stops drinking, which obviously is going to help a lot. And in uh, on June 16th, 2015, Trump announced his presidential campaign and make America great again. How do you think that went? <laughs> well. Considering Gina showed up after this, I'm going to say not great. What did Gina want? I feel like she's just this dark cloud of chaos. I just don't get a good vibe from her. Have we seen what she looks like? I looked her up. Of course you did. I didn't watch Stormy Daniels porn, which I should have, but I looked up Glenn and I looked up Gina Rodriguez. Okay. Okay. So in October, right before the elections, this Trump sex scandal started popping up. Grab him by the pussy tape was released. Jessica Drake had come forward with Gloria Aldred. Um, Trump, with the unwanted advances of Trump kissing and the 10K for sex offer. 
With all this happening, Gina pops up and demands to see Stormy, who happens to be filming in L.A. She met them on set, and Gina had brought Keith Davison with her. That's the lawyer that negotiated. Uh, that is Stormy's lawyer, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Keith hands her an NDA and an offer of 130 k for her to keep quiet about this affair. So this is October, right before the election, and people are talking. Stormy agrees. She just wants to be done with this. I'd want to be done with it, too. She had no interest in the money. She just wanted to move forward with her life. Right, but the money's good. Right, the money's a bonus, but if you break it down... If you wanted to not talk about it and someone offered you money to not talk about it... Right, well, thanks for the money. Okay, here, sign it away. I would have signed it even if you, you offered me nothing. Yeah, no worries, okay. So Trump violates the NDA. He doesn't pay her on time. So a new NDA had to be drawn up. So she has to do this all over again. She has to meet with Keith Davidson. She has to sign the NDA. This time the NDA says that 10 days before the election... She would get the money. She would get the 130K wired to her. wonder why they waited. They made her wait that long. I, I have no idea where, where their logic was, but she also thought, oh, well, this is the kind of guy that if he loses, nobody's going to care and not pay me. So she kept thinking that Trump kept you not paying her on time because he had some kind of fishy schemes yeah. too. Well, no, the, the election uh, was was it November 6th that year? November 3rd? I want to say 6th, but uh, before the election, uh, 10 days before, we're looking at mid-October, the last thing he would have wanted is an October surprise. About- they were still coming. I mean, because grabbing by the pussy tape was so soon Yeah. before the election. And that still didn't deter people. No. The locker room talk. Okay, so Trump had 10 days before the election to pay her. Keith gets his share. Gina gets hers. Guess how much Stormy is left with? Maybe half? She's given a little more. 80K. Okay. So she's never really given the 130K. She's paid it, but it also has to go to her good friend Gina, who mm-hmm. brokered this, which I kind of feel like jo- Gina was more responsible for this story, for that payout. And then Keith. Keith had also brokered a deal with Karen McDougal, you know, Trump's mistress Uh for 150K. And that was the one with the National Enquirer where they bought her story, the exclusive rights to her story, and then they buried it. So did Gina hook up uh, Keith Davidson with uh, McDougal also? No. But Stormy had no idea Karen existed. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be pretty connected if he's uh, representing multiple women against Trump. So these pl- these claims are popping up before the election, and in Stormy's words, the fucker won. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we find out that uh, Keith Davidson had been conspiring with Michael Cohen, who was mm-hmm. Trump's lawyer, that these guys were buddy-buddy, making deals amongst themselves, so either way, they're getting paid. And, um, yeah, it, it's it just seems really shady that like he obviously wasn't on her side in the first place. No, he just wanted a, a little payout. So here, let me give you this NDA. And I feel, I, I'm led to believe that Michael Cohen had reached out to Keith Davison for Karen because she was a mistress. She wasn't just a one-night stand like Stormy. Yeah. Well, so it's 2008, and Stormy hears from her old friend Gina again. Dun, dun, dun. 
There's rumbling, she says. The next day, she gets a call from Keith Davidson, her old lawyer. She didn't want to talk to Keith. Basically, there was a rumbling, and Michael Cohen had reached out, uh, writing a statement for Stormy. He wrote a statement on her behalf, saying that there was no affair, and clearly, if there was an affair, she would have written a book about it a long time ago. And again, for reference, I read the book written by Stormy Daniels, full disclosure, and I kind of think it was her cheeky way of paying him back for this. All right, there was an affair. Now you can read my book about it. No, at the time in 2018, she did not have a book out. But uh, you have her book. It's called Full Disclosure. When did that one come out? 2018. So, so she did release one uh, subsequently, I guess. At that point, paparazzi are camping out in front of her house. Media outlets are hounding her. Uh, she accepted a payment to avoid all of this and protect her family, but now the story's been revealed. And she had admitted to the relationship to her husband, who she was trying to protect because of his mental health, and In Touch finally releases that 2011 article. So everything is exploding around her. Nuts. All of this new media attention also catches the attention of a federal watchdog group called Common Cause. And they had filed a complaint with the Federal Election Commission, or the FEC, charging Trump with violating campaign finance laws when he made the $130,000 payment to Stormy 11 days before the election. The funds were paid for the purpose of influencing the 2016 presidential election. And it was. Uh, if it was a contribution uh, to the campaign, it needed to be reported to the FEC. And obviously, it wasn't. So August 2018, Cohen pleads guilty to eight charges, including tax fraud, bank fraud, campaign finance violations for his role in the payment, and implicated Trump, who in response said that he only knew about those payments later on. Right. November 2018, the Wall Street Journal said that federal prosecutors have evidence of Trump's central role in the payments to both Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal that violated campaign finance laws. Now, we should note that uh, Wall Street Journal, I think, is owned by News Corp, which is a company that owns Fox News. So they're a very uh, right-leaning publication. So interesting that they would write something like that. Oh, that is interesting. Um, only because you mentioned the, uh, the National Enquirer being kind of Trump buddies and bearing a story that made him look uh, not I'm good. impressed. Do you know that? That's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, federal prosecutors implicated Trump in directing Cohen to commit the campaign finance law felonies. The Cohen pleaded guilty. Michael Cohen was sentenced to three years in jail. One morning around uh, Valentine's Day, Stormy Daniels had learned that Michael Cohen, the attorney for Trump, had been shopping for a book about Trump's family, Stormy, and Russia. Which I've listened to Michael Cohen's podcast recently, and he's discussed Russia, and he's discussed the Trump family. I'm waiting for that Stormy Daniels episode. I would love if she was to go on the show and, and talk with him. Do we like Michael Cohen? Um, I feel like, I don't feel like he's redeemed himself, but I'm going to be a Stormy stan. Um, but I do find that his podcast is interesting. Okay. There's, there's all these people that used to be, you know, Trump thugs, you know, that would like defend him super loyally. He was and, one and until, he would always call himself the fixer. Yeah. Until something goes wrong. Then all of a sudden they have to turn on Trump. Trump says, I never knew the guy. The guy's an idiot. The guy's, you know, the guy's a traitor. And it, and 
something about that makes me like them more. I feel like they become more honest, right? Like when you see Sean Spicer, who is the the press secretary, lying on behalf of the president, and then uh, he leaves office, someone else takes over, and then he's you know kind of turns against Trump. All these like Trump loyalists eventually turn. Well, can you really redeem yourself when you're lying to protect the president, knowing he's doing wrong, and then you're lying to protect him, but now that you have nothing to gain, no, you're like, oh, no, he did do this, no. and I lied. Like, I don't feel like that's redeeming. Yeah, that's why I, st- I still don't think that uh, I fully trust the guy. Right. I mean, I think he has motives in trashing Trump. Sure. And it's interesting to listen to, but I wouldn't invite him over for dinner. I'd pick Stormy first and I'd actually let her, I'd feed her yeah. and give her a good dinner and not open the door in my black silk pajamas. Now, what's, what's funny about Stormy Daniels, uh, obviously she wouldn't be politically motivated in any of this because she, for the last 10 years at least, has been a registered Republican since she ran for uh, for Senate. Right. And um, so I think that she would have wanted him to win if, if he didn't you know, go, go against her. I mean, I know she is big on on Planned Parenthood and women's rights and sex education, and I agree with her on those points, but those aren't exactly Republican point of views. Michael Cohen stated that he paid Stormy Daniels the $130,000 from the funds of his personal account. And that sparked something in her. She says, why is this guy allowed to make money off my name when there's an NDA? So Stormy Daniels rereads her NDA, and it states... Trump and Stephanie shall never directly or indirectly communicate with each other or attempt to contact their respective families. But Trump never signed that NDA himself. Cohen had been indirectly reaching out to Stormy, violating the NDA, through Keith Davidson to sign these agreements. She told her attorney, Keith, her concern, and he just brushed it off. It would later be revealed that uh, Keith and Michael were colluding for Trump this entire time. Can you believe that? Your attorney that you're paying to help you is colluding with the enemy. Yeah. I mean, he I doesn't kinda, have your interest. I kind of do believe it, <sighs> no, yeah, I, knowing I these know. people. <sighs> but, so Stormy fires Keith Davidson and she hires this new lawyer, Michael and Venati. Now, Stormy Daniels files a civil suit in an attempt to nullify that non disclosure agreement between Trump and her on March 6, 2018. Legal experts argue that the $130,000 payment being accepted by one party is a valid consideration and enforceable regardless of the unsigned state of the Daniels non-disclosure agreement. But other elements in the Daniels agreement make predicting the outcome pretty difficult. So pretty much that's just saying, okay, well, you accepted the payment, so that doesn't mean he has to sign it, but there are other agreements in this that are being violated, so you're in your NDA yeah. Could be violated. It's kind of a gray area. Yeah, she's saying it's not a legally binding document. He never signed it. They're saying, no, you took the money. That's it. Like, right, but the, the fact that done. Cohen is trying to write a book and make money off of it, and that it, that itself is violating the NDA, too. Right. Well, Trump never signed it. Cohen signed it. So, right. I mean, I guess he's kind of in that, in that too. Now, uh, Daniel's suit over the non-disclosure agreement was dismissed before it ever went to trial. Uh, California court ordered President Trump to pay $44,100 in attorney fees. Now, it's interesting because the lawsuits she had in New York were getting dismissed, but she seemed to have had success in California. Yeah. Trump is from New York. He has business ties in New York. So I feel like they weren't really being fair and impartial to her in New York. 
You think they were tipping the scale in his favor? I, I, I think so. I think there is definitely some some questionable activity going on over there. And then here we have California who awarded her her legal fees. Yeah, which she didn't actually get. That went to the lawyers. Right, and Venati. Yeah. So Stormy starts talking. She went on The View, 60 Minutes, and she even got to participate in, a, in the cold open of one of her favorite shows, Saturday Night Live. I don't remember that one. Oh, we'll have to watch it. Yeah. I, I, the, good for her. She loved the show, and now she gets to participate in it. So lawsuits, everything's messed up. Trump is president. Michael Cohen's going to prison. Stormy gets arrested in Columbus, Ohio at a feature show in a politically motivated sting operation arranged by pro-Trump detectives. What happened? The officers charged Daniels and two fellow exotic dancers with inappropriately touching and inappropriate acts with customers. Some undercover officers from the stage. So they were saying she was touching the, the officers. The right. charges were dropped after Stormy spent the night in jail, and two veteran Columbus, Ohio police officers were fired, and another pair were temporarily removed from their positions. So there, there was a, is, this was proven to be a politically motivated sting operation by pro-Trump detectives. What actually happened here? Um, a couple of things. One, they did arrest her and two other uh, exotic dancers. But they didn't take mugshots of all three of them. They took mugshots of one of them. Guess who it was? It was Stormy. Stormy Daniels. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that so the media obviously is you know publishing stories, ruining her credibility because she gets arrested again. And that's so funny because I did look up the mugshots and I I saw there was um there was security cam footage of when she comes into into the jail and the two girls are with her and I'm like wait. But it didn't occur to me that they wouldn't take photos of the other women. Yeah, they kind of selected her. And if I remember correctly, they dropped those charges because there was some kind of loophole that her lawyer found that since she's not from Columbus, Ohio, um, like she wasn't a resident of that area, I guess somehow the law, the no touching law be, right. didn't apply to her. Ironically enough, I have written an episode about the laws in different states in regards to female strip clubs uh -huh. and even how male entertainment shows are completely different and they're regulated different than women. So there is a future episode coming up on these subjects here. Okay. Be interesting so to hear that one. This might be an interesting time to hit subscribe. Yeah. If we're going to throw that in there. But anyways, back to Stormy. Enough about us. Glenn had started making preparations for a divorce. He emptied their accounts, disappeared with their daughters, and filed for a temporary restraining order against her. She spent 2018 trying to protect her family, and it essentially destroyed it. So now her and Glenn co-parent their daughter. I haven't really heard much of Stormy these last few years. I imagine she's doing well and enjoying her daughter and her horses. However, I do know she's a supporter of Planned Parenthood, so if you like today's episode, there's a link in the show notes if you want to donate to Planned Parenthood. And if you do, please tag us on Instagram at Madam's Hose and Gigolos. Now, I want to mention, also for the sake of research, I looked up Stormy Daniels to see what she's up to now, and she's actually doing some pretty interesting entrepreneurial stuff. Uh, one, she has a show called The Spooky Babe Show in which uh, she is like a paranormal investigator um, and it's it's like a live uh, type show where you go out to events and see uh, like hauntings uh, with her and her team that have all experienced like some weird uh, paranormal stuff in their life. Oh, that's interesting. So she, she's kind of a medium. Yeah, she feels. I wonder like, if she would ever do an episode with Zach Bacon. 
I don't know who that is. From um, uh, Ghost. She does a ghost. He does a ghost show, and he's very, very. Oh, I forgot. Ghost Adventures or something. And he has a museum in Vegas that I've gone to with like he has the um the pot from um Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Ed Gein was? No. Ed Gein is the inspiration to Leatherface and to Psycho. Okay. He had a a relation not a sexual relationship, but he he fantasized sexually about her mother. And when his mother died, he ba- basically just kept the corpse in the house and would wear people's skin and murder people. And, oh, no kidding. So it was yeah. very uh, psycho. So he has, so um, Zach Bagan, who is a ghost hunter, um, he has a TV show, I think on, on um, the Travel Channel. He has a museum in Vegas where she lives. And it's a bunch of like haunted relics. Like he even had um, the Kevorkian car where he would you know, do the assisted suicides inside a VW van. Why in a car? Okay, I guess it's a mobile yeah. clinic. And he and the car was said to have been destroyed and he ended up finding the car. It was never destroyed. And that's where Kevorkian would do the assisted killings in the back of this VW van. And then he has some jail print- printings of um, drawings of Manson from his own blood. Weird. Yeah, this was a, it's a creepy haunted museum in Vegas, but he, Zach owns, you know, he's, he's on the show, you know, travel, uh, ghost adventures or something. And he's this really intense man and he does stuff like this. And I wouldn't, I would, I, I could see their personalities meshing. <laughs> yeah. In my work, in addition to her um, paranormal uh, live show, she is a uh, film director so uh, she just recently directed a film called Axe to Grind. Um, now, is that mainstream or is that a porn? I don't know. I was hoping you would know. I don't know. Do we check IMDb? I have a feeling that she's uh, moved on to a little bit more mainstream stuff. I have a feeling she is too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye on Stormy Daniels and see uh, where she goes. Is uh, She's done a lot with her life. Again, she's, she's about our age. You know, she's, uh, she's, she's 41 now. Six months older than me. Yeah. Six months older. Yeah. So very uh, accomplished. Uh, I feel like I haven't woman. done enough with my life compared to hers. No. Well, you you got the, you got six months. Right. <laughs> to catch up. She's got that. I do. So. So yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. This is Madam's Hose and Gigolos. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing. We are on uh, Spotify. We are on iTunes Podcast and Google Podcast.